Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And hopefully you guys got out of your PJs, got out of your sweatpants, put on some real clothes, maybe even brushed your teeth. Hopefully that happened. Maybe. The only thing I consistently do every day is I wash my face and I brush my teeth. Everything else, we'll see how the day goes. Some days I curl my hair. Some days I don't get out of pajamas. It depends how I'm feeling in the morning. <laughs> we got a cool guest on the phone. Uh, are you in your PJs by any chance? I am in my nighttime like sweatpants versus my daytime sweatpants. Yes. I also <laughs> have nighttime and daytime sweatpants. I'm actually still in my daytime ones because they were really comfortable and I just haven't changed yet. Did but you also have breakfast for dinner too? since we're doing everything like that <laughs> no i did not no i did not <laughs> if you had to have breakfast for dinner what would it be yeah what's breakfast oh uh breakfast, breakfast for, for dinner. dinner i guess would be like i don't know something egg something like egg. bacon i don't usually have breakfast for dinner i love breakfast at breakfast oh i love breakfast for dinner i know this is yeah. so off, to- off topic but i love making um frittatas in like a cast iron skillet in the oven for dinner mm. oh so mm-hmm. good my with some roasted potatoes oh yeah breakfast for dinner is my jam pancakes, i love it pancakes. <laughs> yeah. different flavors of pancakes oh, my man. thing is i want coffee and i can't have coffee after like three so oh you're one work. of those i could sip yeah. coffee okay in bed. let's let's, let's, <laughs> let's actually out, introduce let's her. find out who who the one of those is <laughs> hey everyone it's amanda we've got stephanie on the phone this evening she's a registered kinesiologist in the gta she's uh just north of us actually in markham and I'm pretty sure she said she doesn't come south of Steeles, so a little bit of a hate on for us here in Scarborough, but whatever, fine, we'll we'll get along. <laughs> Everything good is south of Steeles, by the way. Right, right. But she told me on the phone, I have a personal, or sorry, on Instagram, she said, I have a personal rule and I don't go south of Steeles. I'm like, oh, oh, dagger to my heart. Like, I'm also, by the way, this self-proclaimed ambassador for Scarborough, so anyone who doesn't like Scarborough, I don't really understand. But are we them. talking just South of Steels, period, like right across the city? Or are we just talking about South of Steels from Markham into Scarborough? Like, are we I, saying you don't even go downtown? You don't no, go to the lake? Like, No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know any of the streets past Steels. I'm from um, Cavan, which is near Peterborough. So like the boondocks. And uh, when I moved to Markham, I thought moving to Markham was moving to the city. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes <laughs> so sense like, then. So like if I go south of Steeles, there's just too much traffic and like highways and too many people. Like I can appreciate the beauty of it. And I enjoy like when I am there, it's like kind of cool to walk everywhere. But I just, yeah, more of the rule is like, I don't do it for work. Do you know what I mean? Like if people want to work with me, they got to come to me. <laughs> got it. I don't go south of Steels. I'll go north. I'll go east. I'll go west. I get it. I get it. Like I said, I'm yeah. sort of like, I've always, I've, I was born and raised in Scarborough. I lived outside of Scarborough twice. Once when I went to university at Western in London, Ontario. And oh. once uh, for five years, Mark and I lived midtown Toronto. Yay. And okay. that, you mean, you want to talk about like busy and traffic and people like we were in the hub of busyness. And when we moved back to Scarborough after I got pregnant with our first daughter, I was like, why did I ever leave here? Like, I love it here. I just, yeah, I don't know. I guess Scarborough's my Markham. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> let's do this, Stephanie. Can you, for everybody listening, introduce yourself, what you do, how long you've been in practice as a kin, and uh, like sort of what kind of practice you have right now? I mean, before COVID. Yeah, uh, well, it's not much actually has changed. Um, so I'm a registered kinesiologist now, but I've been a, a certified personal trainer through the 
through CSEP, so Canadian Society of Exercise Physiology, for almost five years now. Um, so I was doing that. I got my, I also went to Western, so we can bond over that. Double Opposed blue. to Scarborough. <laughs> um, I got my kin degree, and then I went back home to, to Peterborough to get to Trent to take my Bachelor of Education. And while I was taking my um, B.Ed., I just realized I didn't want to teach people in the classroom. I really had more of a passion for, like, coaching specifically like working with, with people one-on-one and in small groups so I got my personal training and then as a personal trainer I found it my market was a lot of people that had a, a chronic injury or were dealing with uh, an acute injury that they were trying to manage while also training or competing or just like living their daily life but I found it frustrating to communicate with um, other regulated healthcare professionals because they saw me as like just a kin or sorry just as a a personal trainer like someone who just got some random online cert whereas I was like I wish that I could be like they could see what I could do and see if I could um how I could help people like manage their injuries and really bridge that gap between rehab and performance my cousin who's a kin was like Steph that's exactly what a kin does go get regulated so here I am I've been regulated for a year um, and now I, I'm able to run more of a clinical slash training practice. I, I definitely do more on the training side of things, but because I have that understanding of the body, I can help people kind of navigate that injury space and movement space and make sure that they 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 feel good so that they can perform better. Very cool. Okay, so I also did my degree in kinesiology like yourself and immediately after finishing university, I went back into personal training and I actually never ended up becoming registered as a kinesiologist. And if you've listened to any of the other kin episodes, it's because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Mark, on the other hand, has like 20 years under his belt of working as a kinesiologist. Um, once you got, old. <laughs> well, you're not young, son. Uh, once you got registered, how do you feel or do you feel that your practice changed? Like, did you change? Did your practice change? Did the type of clients you attracted change? Or did everything kind of stay the same except you you had a bigger scope? A little bit. What more changed was that when I went back through all my notes and I, I studied for almost six months before the exam because I had felt like it had been such a long time. So I took like time every single day. And I noticed that as I was studying for these things that I needed to become regulated and take the test, I, I noticed there was actually some gaps in what I was like, not necessarily how I was treating people, but I was able to fill in more gaps. So in terms of what I offered, I learned more. So therefore I could provide a better service for my clients. So it was more like I got better because I had to study for the exam. Once I got regulated, I was able to, I felt like I was able, I felt more comfortable telling people that I could help them with injury and manage their movement. I felt a little bit more confident in what I knew and how I could help people. Whereas before I was just kind of like working with anybody who ever wanted to work with me. Now I I knew who kind of my audience was that I was speaking to. So that clarity definitely helped. And then once I was able to help, like know exactly who I could help, then I wasn't just serving everybody. Do you know what I mean? I was able to really focus on a really specific type of person. And who are those people? Who comes to you, Steph? I typically see people that are, and this isn't like a, like a diagnosis or anything, like they're high achievers or they're people that really value um, being good at things and doing things well and working hard, or at least have that like inner like knowledge that they want to be better. Um, so I, I attract a lot of like perfectionists and OC, like like people that have like a lot of 
passion for what they do. I track, I attract those types of people. So I know that's not the same as like, what's your niche in terms of the body. But then what I help them with is I help figure out their problem. Like a lot of people, if they come to me for weight loss or muscle gain or to manage an injury or to improve their performance for something, what they're actually coming to me for is, is, is that, but at the same time, there's something that's in their way to get that. So if they've tried for years to, to, um, lose weight, I help them deal with the obstacles that are in their way to get them there. So like the people that are coming to me, they're more coming for like that foundational mindset stuff to help them like to help them take their foot off the parking brake so that they can actually achieve the goal that they want. That was a really convoluted answer. (laughs) Okay. So you said you work with sort of high achievers, people who want to be the best in terms of their performance, in terms of their sport or whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. Are you that person? Are you a perfectionist? Are you a little bit of a high achiever yourself? Yes. And I think that um, I try, I try really hard, especially on my social medias to just kind of be myself and show people that it's okay to be nerdy, that you can have, um, like be really good with your habits and do it yourself kind of stuff. And like, you can really work to learn and figure things out. Um, but my market actually, I do have a, a market that I specify for, especially online and they are competitive curlers. So I don't know if you've ever tried curling before. Um, I haven't tried curling no. before, but fun fact. So I am not Canadian am, enough for that, man. <laughs> I am super Canadian and I've never tried curling, but it's mostly because as Canadian as I am, I Sweet. despise Sweet. winter sports. Like 100% <laughs> hate. Win- I mean, everyone listening right now probably is like booing me and throwing popcorn or something like hates me. But you think I, people sit around like eating popcorn listening to this? I do. I eat popcorn all the time, like just because it's Tuesday. Okay, like, sorry, people don't do that. No, not a thing. Okay. Anyway, um, no, I've never been a huge fan of win- is playing winter sports. I mean, I can watch a hockey game. Sure. I've never had the desire to play hockey. I fucking hate everything winter. I've never everything. had the desire to ski or snowboard Nothing about or it. It, curling. Like none of that. Not is even ever... just activities. Just the fucking weather. Wow, you're, just the weather you're alone. You're an angry guy. I hate, I hate all of it. <laughs> but anyway, curling. Throw Christmas out with it too. Curling, I never really like 100 um got into like really ever but i had some i had some roommates in university that were kind of into it like i had a roommate in university who was a competitive ringette player and i've oh had some gosh. clients who play ringette um okay you know what before we before we go off on this too hard i know there's people listening to this that have no fucking idea what curling is okay let's yes let's start there's there. a huge population of people <laughs> what that is are, curling that, stephanie that the is, kinesiologist what is curling <laughs> like all of our listeners from from like Texas and Arizona, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're not into yeah, curling. Yeah, they've too doubt. <laughs> so curling is played on ice. Um, it's not the same as hockey ice. They take like think of like a shower head and they flip it upside down and they sprinkle the ice so it's pebbled. So it's a little bit slipperier because there's less friction. Um, and then there is a 42 pound of solid granite rock that we hold and it's beveled on the underbelly and. We hold it by a little plastic handle and it turns as it goes down the ice in like a, and it kind of curls in like a little squiggly. Okay. That's not a very good description. <laughs> I was trying to get poetic. Basically it's bocce on ice. If you ever played bocce with like the little ball and you throw the little ball yeah. and then you take the other ball and then you try to get your, more of your it's balls. Like if you can, if you can combine that with shuffleboard. <laughs> yeah. It's you're, yeah, you're throwing yeah. a giant rock down some ice yeah. and sweeping and you're sweeping 100%. and you're yelling and it's frustrating it's it's a unique sport i got into it 
because my family did it. And a lot of people, it's family based. Like they have either a family member or a friend that did it. And that's how they get into yeah, it. Yeah, because there's no fucking way I'm picking up curling. No, and that's kind of where I was going with it, where I don't, I never really like, I knew what curling was because I'm Canadian and I feel like you have to, but I, I never really got into it. I didn't understand the rules. Like I have, I don't have any knowledge of curling, but then I lived with this, um, this person when I went to university who was a ringette player and I also had no fucking clue what ringette was I was like did you just make that up is that a real thing like what are you talking about (laughs) and she was more into curling and exactly as you said it was just it was a family thing like she grew up in Winnipeg and like that's just what they did they they did curling they did ringette like that was like normal life for them but it made no sense to me like I said I hadn't even heard of ringette like when she said ringette I was like no you just made that up stop it I got suckered (laughs) into like a curling tournament what no 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 not playing watching a curling tournament I was so angry my buddy oh my god I can't believe it this this thought just came back into my head my buddy was dating a girl she went to Carlton Ottawa Ottawa right and okay. <laughs> he's like come with me for the weekend it'll be so much fun we're gonna we're gonna hang out we're gonna go to the bars and blah 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 blah, blah. I'm single too he's like well go pick up wait is this and- your buddy that currently lives in Ottawa because no, it sounds no, like no, something not he not did at all, no not okay at all. <laughs> and uh <laughs> So we, you know, I'm like, okay, it's a good idea. I love this. You know, I'm up for anything at this point. Because this is probably when I was, I don't know, first or second year university. I'd never been to Ottawa. So I'm like, this is going to be fun. This is going to be great. And that was where my heavy fucking drinking years. Like, I was just kind of just a drunk college kid the whole time. So you would have fit in. <laughs> so we, 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 we go to Ottawa. We get to his girlfriend's apartment. You know, I pull out everything, you know, unpack all my shit. I roll a joint, I smoke a joint, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to hit the bar soon, right? We're going to hit the bar soon. And meanwhile, like, it's like probably about 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning, right? I'm, but I'm ready to rock and roll. And he's like, no, man, my, my girlfriend's got a curling tournament. Like, we're going to watch her curl all weekend. I'm like, you fucking kidding me? The whole weekend. The whole weekend. The whole weekend, I did nothing but smoke fucking weed and watch curling. <laughs> And did you learn anything? Yeah, I was gonna say, did you know what curling no was? Fucking clue. Did I you have any idea what's going on? Still don't know nope. what's going on. <laughs> I'm high as fuck because now I'm just mad because I got to sit and watch this girl's curling tournament, and I'm thinking we're gonna go have a great time. He duped me just to come with him for like you a and I are fucking so five hour different. drive. You and I are so different. If I got dragged to a tournament of ringette or curling or one of these sports that I don't really understand, by the end of it. I would be so fucking into it. Like if I'm going to do something, I just do it. Like you've actually made fun of me for this before. We will put on a, a movie. Stephanie, a terrible oh, movie. You're, like you, the worst movie why in the world. You, why do you commit to the end if there's no I just, point? Once I've started doing something, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I commit to it. Well, we will put on a terrible movie and I'll watch the whole thing. I so if I got dragged to a curling tournament, by the end of it, I would have been an expert and I could have told you all the rules of curling. I don't know, man. I had no interest. No offense. Because I, I that was, Hey, that is totally fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Totally fine. So that was it's my. A unique, it's unique sport and it really only is like picking up the past few years because of the Olympics. Like, especially in the States. When it picks up in the States, that's when it's going to pick up everywhere else did you ever do curling or anything like that when you were in high school we did at our high school um when we were in our upper years we got to choose which sports we took in phys ed and it might have been an option but i obviously didn't choose it so no i didn't do this it. wasn't a full a full class or whatever the a full part of a class it was something like my high school francis lieberman and uh they used to have something called lieberman day and lieberman day essentially is like you can go skiing downhill skiing cross-country ski it was a winter oh, cool. thing right so you can 
can you can go do all these things. Curling was one of them. Skating was another one. Blah blah blah. All these hmm. winter winter shit. Like you can see why I didn't do any of this. <laughs> yeah, I signed up for skating, and I'm like, I'm staying home today. <laughs> well, Stephanie just reminded me what I was actually saying before we wanted to let everyone know what curling was. It was fun fact. So because I'm now homeschooling my children, I mean, thankfully they're young, so I don't really have to do anything intense. It's preschool and kindergarten. Um, I've got it easy, but this week for their physical education, it was uh, the 2020 Indoor Olympics, since we're not actually going to have Olympics oh. this year. And so there was a whole bunch of events and their gym teacher like set out rules and they had to sort of compete against themselves or you, they could compete against their family members. But one of the events was textbook curling. It was so funny. She basically just had to slide a textbook along the floor at Target's. It was so it was so funny. I was like, so this is what we're doing now. We're just throwing books around my house. Okay, okay. cool. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, she did all right. She hit the targets. <laughs> one of my jobs, one of my first jobs after I finished my um, my Bachelor of Education was actually working in high schools and uh, elementary schools, um, running, a, uh, running a program called Rocks and Rings. And that's when we bring curling to their gym classes. So I literally taught eight or nine times a day for an hour, little kids how to throw like rolly rocks at a like a little little placemat on the ground. Can you explain the sweeping to me? <laughs> I'm I'm being so serious right changes, now. Like what does it do? It changes the texture. But like how does the person that how does the person who's yelling sweep? How do they know when you're supposed to sweep when you're not supposed to sweep? Cuz they want the sweep? rock to like, travel further or slower. Am well, I want to I want to hear from the expert. I want to hear from you. I want to hear well, from Stephanie. <laughs> let's hear from let's hear from right on. So, that. when you when you let go of the rock, the rock is either going to go it's going to go down the ice and it's also going to curl. So it should go like clockwise or counterclockwise. Hopefully someone videos or YouTube that because that wasn't a great description. It goes to the right or goes to the left. If you want it to go straighter or if you want it to curl, if you want it to go straighter so it curls less or if you want it to go a little bit further, then you sweep in front of the rock. And there's a bunch of reasons um, that they actually ha they actually don't know exactly what sweeping does, but they do have an idea that the sweeping creates friction, which creates heat, which yep. decreases the surface area touching the rock, which decreases the, uh, the friction. So it goes a little bit further. So there's so like a lot of strategy and skill behind this. Yes. Like, I'm, it's not like, I, it's not like yeah. I thought there wasn't. I just didn't yeah, understand yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I'm watching it. I'm like, you're basically throwing a fucking giant rock. Okay. And I was, yeah. I was like, stoned I get it. out of my head for a weekend and I didn't even want to be there. And I came away with more than that. Come on. <laughs> well, that's why I said, like, if Mark had tried, if he, if you had gone to a tournament and played in it, you would have been like, this is actually interesting, right? Whereas if you have to go for the first time no. and watch it, I can understand, like, it's watch, like watching paint dry. Like, if you don't know what you're doing, like, if you don't know what they're doing, you have no idea. At least if you get to try it, it's like your body, like, you get to do it, I right? will never try it because it is some sort of physical activity that puts me in a position that I don't like, which is people uh -huh. standing around looking at you, yep. right? So that's the that's one reason why we've been together I won't, twelve years. He won't go bowling. I won't with go bowling. Me. He won't, I won't golf go mini golf. With me. No, I'm like, none of it. Nothing. Nothing. Where just okay. a bunch of people are standing around waiting for me to finish doing what I'm doing. Oh, okay. Time. I've never heard of that. Have that's we ever played cool. pool together? No, and I'm a really good pool player. We I had a pool table from when I was like fucking four years old to the time like I moved out. That's true. Your parents all have I the did most was fucking play pool in the world. It's amazing. And the day that we sold the pool table is like the, that was like I'm never playing pool again i haven't played pool ever again oh, so you and i have never played pool together no i'm actually i'm actually I'm not, not that bad i believe you You would never know because we've never played pool together and, what the hell um, yeah. look at the things you're bringing out of us in isolation
isolation. <laughs> if you if you do get a if you do get a uh, pool table, uh, you'll have to play crud instead. I have no idea what any of those words mean, but we have pool tables. Crud is the one where you just use I think it's like two balls or one one ball, like the white and the red, the black. And you're trying to throw the white one at the black ball and like knock it into the hole. Ah. It's an active game. There's no it's like there's skill involved, but not the same. Well, Mark has already told me it's never going to happen. I didn't know that your rule of not doing things in front of people applied to me. because You do ridiculous shit in front of me. I said anything like sport, physical activity. Got like, it. OK. All right. So, Stephanie, <laughs> how I mean, I understand a little bit. You said because your family was into curling. So you got into curling. And now, by the way, you've taught me why it's called curling. And I really appreciate appreciate that um yeah why why curlers like i mean it, i understand you're into the sport but did they start coming to you did you start like targeting them how did this happen um oh that is that's a that's a good one they basically when i was growing up curling was what what you think of it as like a lot of people didn't really do it i was probably one of like four, five people in my entire school that had tried it, yet alone played it competitively. So when I was growing up, I, I basically, if I'm going to do something, I want to be competitive at it. Like I, I don't want to kind of like half-ass it. I want to use my full ass. So when I took up curling, I was like, I'm going to be good at this game. And I was really small and I always thought of myself as very fit, but I, I didn't have a lot of power. That rock weighs 42 pounds. And when you're only like a hundred pound high school kid, it's hard to push it across the ice, no matter how much friction there is or mm -hmm. less friction there is. So I would train in the summer and I loved activities and I did all the sports. And when I, I decided I want to be a gym teacher and I learned how to do strength training and I got a little stronger and basically through my whole little journey from high school through university, learning more about how the body works, biomechanics, anatomy, physiology, I went, Hey, I, I needed this growing up. Like I basically became the person I needed. There was no trainers. You couldn't Google curling, fitness, strength and conditioning, rehab, et cetera. There was like hardly anything out there. So I, as I was growing up, I was like, okay, I, I could fill this gap. Like I needed this growing up. So other people are going to need it as well. And then when I started training people, I had already been training my curling team at Western. I trained my team at Western and I trained my women's team that I was playing with. And then one year, um, uh, one of the moms at my club was like, my son's team needs, um, uh, wants to do some off ice training through the off season. Like, do you mind putting together a program? So I did that and then uh, they ended up winning the province. So I was like, that's kind of cool. I could do this. So I would, I would train people in person and they were kind of just like a whole mishpash of people. They were like retired people, young people, teachers, kids, people with injuries, et cetera. And then eventually the, in the, every single time it came to the summer, I would shift online and I would do part-time online and part-time like in-person training. So I would get these teams all across Ontario of people that I played against, um, like referrals from the moms on the team when I trained their like U18 or U21 team. Um, and then eventually just became this thing. So I've been doing it for the past five years. So to answer your question, why curling? I needed this person, which is someone who's looking at the demands of the sport um, and help helping people uh, prevent injuries or manage injuries and actually put together programs so that they can use the four to six months in the off season to improve their performance on ice. There was nobody like that kind of growing up. Whereas like in the States, there's like the top 50 golf trainers and there's like maybe three curling specific trainers in the world that I even know of like they they there could be more but but 
Anyway, so there was a market there and I needed it. So I thought I'd fill that gap. And here we are today. Well, that's really cool. I love that it came about so organically. It was just mm-hmm. you, you were into the sport. You could have used somebody like you. You understand the demands. You understand the movement. You understand the injuries that happen with this sport. Yeah. So it just made a lot of fucking sense. Like Hockey I, Dave. Mm-hmm. I have a, oh, yeah, like Hockey Dave. Exactly. I have a question, though, about Western. When were you at Western? Might we have overlapped? I graduated in 2013. You're young, damn you. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Fuck, I was long gone. <laughs> Fuck both of you. How about that? I graduated Western Kin in 2007. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not that. Oh, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah. No, yeah, I, I was, far. I was gone before you started. It's fine. We could, we could say yeah. it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might have been there when my. My the, the lady that I knew. Oh, the so la- when I wanted to the become, lady. Yeah, the lady. <laughs> the, the young lady. I actually babysit for this lady. <laughs> and she she was a kinesiologist at my local hospital. And when I was going through through my like university um, applications, I wanted to be a phys ed teacher. And she told she was the one that was like, hey, Steph, like in a couple of years, this is gonna be a regulated health profession. Get your kin degree. Because if teaching doesn't work out, or if you decide you don't like it, then you can always be a trainer or a kinesiologist. What a smart lady. I know. So she <laughs> saw, yeah, she probably went through at the same time. I need to know this. I need to, this is completely off I'm, topic. I know what you're going to say, but I'm laughing about lady because I just made myself sound so old. And I was like, oh, might we have overlapped? She's like, I graduated 2013. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Okay. Well, this is why. So I need to I need to know the definition of lady. So like, what age is lady? I don't know. I never really thought about okay, it. Okay, let's go, let's go through this together. You start off and you're a girl. You're a girl. At what point are you okay. not a girl? What age you, is it inappropriate that you're a girl? Uh, I think once you're beyond, um, I think once you're in your like late teens where you're considered okay. an adult, it's it wouldn't. I say, yeah, like when I work with when I work with youth, if they're like, as long as they're not like children and I don't have kids, so I actually don't know what the like definition of a child is. But like when I work with kids, like if I'm working with like a group of like 15 or 16 year old dudes, I call them like young men. Cause I want, I want them to think that I'm not thinking of them as children. Right. So in my defense, I would actually call them young ladies when they're like 15 or 16. Okay, so, but you'd say young this, ladies. So, so this is, cause this, this is exactly what I'm going for. Cause like for, for males, to me, this is the way it goes. You're a boy, then you're a guy and you're a guy for when however does, when long. When does guy happen? Hold on. Then you're a man. So what is it for females? You're a girl. Then what? Lady? And that's it. Chick, you're a woman. You know what you said, chick. A woman. We are women. Just we're all women. What's the difference between lady and woman? I don't know. There isn't. I it, like. We're getting very semant, like into semantics. Yes. Here. Okay. So, I, anyone, for anyone me, who's going to get offended because right she said chick, so I can say chick because that's what I would have thought for males. It's yeah. boy and girl. Chick is it's, slang, though. Yeah. It's boy and girl, right? Then it's guy. And chick, and this could take you up until what your mid twenties. You can be a chick. Yeah, I don't know. I'm asking I now. I'm so. asking. I don't, yeah, I don't know. And you can be a you can be a lady before that, right? Because is or is the next thing woman? I feel like woman comes before lady. So I think you could put woman in there like anywhere. Mm. I think that's like well, yeah, because you're socially. basically as I was saying, like once you're in your late teens, where you're considered an adult. So then you're chick. if you were on the news, <laughs> they would call you a woman, a young woman. I'm gonna get routed out for that chick comment. Oh, for then. sure. 
You're dead. You are dead. She said it first. I just went with it because she said it. Okay, so you're a woman. Okay, okay. I get it. But lady definitely sounds... It sounds so what sounds like, older, woman or lady? Well, lady. woman is like all-encompassing. And lady, I don't know, when I hear that, like just I, the way that we were both saying it, Stephanie yeah. and I, and maybe yeah. it was just us being ridiculous, but the way I was hearing it, it I was like... So, yeah. And she was like, there was this lady and I babysat for her and I was like, fuck, that lady <laughs> is probably my age. Like, that's what we're talking <laughs> For guys, it's so much easier. You're a boy, you're a guy, then you're a man. And you can be a guy for a long time. You know there was a time a I called everyone dudes. And I was like, dudes, like with two O's. Yeah, I still I do that. I thought that was cool. Because it was like all encompassing. But that's probably just like my like sportsy country like background. I think guy, like, and, guy and dude would be on the same level. Yeah, they're on they the same level. Interchangeably. Well, it's funny. Not long ago. When I say not long ago, I mean within the last two years. I said something to Mark. And I said, yeah, but you're a man of... And I don't remember what I said. And he goes to me, what? Did you just call me a man? I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed? to call you what do you what do you mean like I'm I'm, we've been married for like almost a decade and you're telling me now you're not a man like yeah. i don't know how to handle this information was this during the pandemic i feel like you just need some space i'm a guy I'm he's a like man. i'm, I'm a, guy. a guy i'm like uh i don't know dude like you're over 40 i think we i think we've been, hit man i think we've hit guy. man at this point you're over 40 uh, i don't know you're a gentleman <laughs> and a scholar Jesus. <laughs> I need to stop drinking. Oh my God. Or I need to get outside. Um, okay. okay so let's, I completely let's get back you guys. on track. <laughs> Organically, you started working with curlers, which is pretty yeah. great because you can relate to them. And I think that when it comes to business, I, I always somehow get preachy and rant on the podcast. But when it comes to business, I feel like some of the most successful people are people who took something they're passionate about and turned it into a business. Because when I know for me, when I'm teaching, if I'm standing in front of a room of people and I'm teaching about something that I'm 100% confident in, I know what I'm doing, it makes sense to me, like I can field questions without even thinking about them, like that's when I'm in the best space and I'm I'm just feeling good. And I, I feel like in your case, working with curlers has to feel so good. She's like, I know exactly what you do. I know what you need. I know what kind of programs are going to, I mean, obviously you're, you're tailoring them to the individual, but at the same time, you're like, I know what you do and I know what you need and I know what your sport requires and I know what the demands are on you and I know what the common injuries are. So that's got to be yeah. pretty awesome that you're like the expert in this field. And like you said, there's only what a handful of people who do this. As far as I know. Yeah. It, it like it, it really like it fires me up. Like I got all, I get all excited when someone asks me a question and I'm like, Oh, I've been thinking about this for years. Like I just was waiting to, to tell someone about how the body moves when you're curling and how we have to, you know, train for it specifically, but it's generally. And anyway, yeah, anyways, I can go super nerdy into curling. And, and I think what, what kind of sparked it all was when I was going through school, it helped me to learn all the concepts of the body because I was just like, well, I'll just relate it back to curling I know that really well so it was really very natural for me to be like oh now I, I should just teach this to other people because it's interesting like if you take a coaching course to become um, a curling coach people do that I, I know you might not believe that but <laughs> we understand we're both remember we're both kin majors we do understand yeah, yeah, that yeah. sports sports <laughs> know, have <I'm>... coaches 
<laughs> I'm actually a leveled coach, so stop I, it, you. So am I, yes. actually. So what am do you I. Do? What do you do? I'm a level two what do, volleyball for what? coach. Love it. Yeah. Good. So, so coaching, like, I don't know how it is for, I can't speak for other sports. For curling, you go through how to teach the delivery and the sweeping and the strategy and how to do all that kind of thing. But when I t- went through and took my coaching cert, and then later when I was coaching, like working with people, I would see coaches working with an athlete who's who couldn't own the position that they were being asked to be in. So if you're trying to sweep where you're like basically in a push-up position, they didn't have the strength or the core control or the hip stability to be in that position, yet this coach just like contorts them until they can air quote, do it, but then they, they open them, themselves up to so many more injuries. So what I noticed going through was that we taught all these coaches how to coach, but we didn't teach them how to protect the, cur- the curler's body. They just went, this is an efficient position, but they didn't look at the fact that like, in terms of energy, it wasn't efficient. And in terms of movement efficiency, it wasn't efficient. Sorry, I, I was completely listening to you, but also trying to picture the curlers yeah. in like the push-up <laughs> position. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm following this. And then I realized, no, I'm not following you. I'm like picturing these people in my head. <laughs> There's a huge difference between curlers who you might see when you watch it on TV. And like, if you went and joined a league at your local curling club, There's there's recreational curling. And then there's like, TV curling and like it is for any other sport there's a huge gap between the super elite and then the recreational for sure like you can for sure just play that's how I imagine figure skating to be exactly yeah if you you just go watch someone do figure skating at some club it probably sucks it's so horrible yeah I mean I'm just saying like that's hardcore athletic ability yeah versus when you go to see it at a club and it's like oh disappointing but the the neat part is that I like I I coach I work with people off the ice who are both elite and like just recreational because the demands are the same. And it's interesting because even if someone's elite, it doesn't mean that they, their body's moving properly. Right. Right. Like it doesn't, doesn't mean that they know how to like bring their hips back so they can squat down into the hack where, or have the proper mobility for those people, actually the elite, they have injuries that they've, that have come up because they've compensated for some lack of mobility or stability somewhere else. Whereas like a new person, it's like, okay, maybe they started curling in their twenties or thirties or forties. And they've got like just immobile body because they probably are like a a nine to five worker and a a weekend warrior, right. Where they exercise just on the weekends. So it's interesting from my end, I can, I can look at people and I'm like, I don't care if you're on the elite tour or if this is your first year, I can still help you because I'm at the end of the day, I'm looking at your body and I'm looking at the demands of the sport and I'm filling in the, the gaps there. Do you still play? Oh yeah. How often? Yeah, it's, it's, well, I mean, obviously right now, never, but what are you talking about? There's secret curling leagues that are going on right there now. There <laughs> is, there have been a few virtual curling bonds. That it. is how obsessed curlers are. How the, how the fuck do you curl virtually? <laughs> You go to playcurling.com and you can play people. Amazing. <laughs> you know what? That Amazing. makes sense to me, man, because we had a hypnotherapist on the other day and uh, he was telling us about how he wanted to start up a virtual massage. And then he, he, and then he sent I us. I tried he sent so us, hard to be friendly. He sent us to a link of a video on his website. Did you watch it? I watched some. I of watched. It. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, I liked his, uh, his enthusiasm, but I was trying to explain to him in our field, not possible, dude. In a lot of fields, 100% possible because 
when it comes to neuroplasticity and practice, your brain, it functions the same way, whether you're doing the activity or just visualizing the activity or doing it virtually. So I understand that. But I was like, no, massage doesn't work that way. Like, no, 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 stop. No, not going to happen. Like, you cannot replace human touch period. And as much as I'm all for people using um, instrument assisted techniques and massage guns and whatever else you want to fucking do. I mean, I do cupping like I that's all fine, but you cannot replace human touch one. And two, it is well outside of my scope of practice to make people imagine yeah. that I'm massaging them. Well, if, if you if you watch the video though, right? So it's really just someone taking him through like some sort of meditation. It's guided relaxation. Exactly. Yeah, that's all it is. You know, and yeah. so he had a little bit of biofeedback going on. Yeah, yeah. Something along those lines to show, hmm. look how much more relaxed my body is now. He's, he's a really interesting guy. Yeah, and, yeah. and I was like hmm. all for his enthusiasm as i said but uh when that episode comes out you'll hear i had to say to him as nicely as possible no no imaginary massage and if he can come up with that and want to make it work i can definitely see how virtual curling yeah could for be sure a thing. i feel like majority of people right now are trying to think of ways to make their business virtual and in your case stephanie you've always had a partially online business so talk to me about that yeah does that make you uh- angry that everyone's just jumping into your space. What do you mean, my space? The online space. Oh God, no, 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 no. no I you don't feel like these all these motherfuckers. I've been doing this for so long, and, and <laughs> no, now because... they now because they got nothing, they're going to try to make this work, and they're going to come but up with all these fucking like... goofy sales tactics and and different fucking shitty services and products just to try to keep themselves afloat. And I've been legitimately doing this for five fucking years, putting my heart and soul into it, and now you're crowding my fucking space. <laughs> But they won't um, get the curlers. They're they're more like crowding the like just the airwaves. I I just I don't feel it's the same with same with like a trainer. Like if there was another if there was another trainer that also trained curlers, that that's fine. There's like I have no idea how many curlers are out in the world, but like like I'm not competing against them. I'm just providing my service, and hopefully that speaks to people. All the insta like all the stuff on Instagram and the free stuff and the cheap stuff, like that's all fine because it is hitting one market where like the person already knows what they're doing and they just need to follow along on something mindlessly, or maybe they that's the only exercise that person's actually going to likely do. So like they're 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 filling in that gap. But then at the same time, if they can't afford anything, then they can do the free stuff. Right. But if people actually want lasting change and coaching and accountability and an individualized approach and working on balancing the push and the recovery, like they're going to go looking for the, the good coaches out there that can actually do that. So like, yeah, they're kind of they're just kind of like bogging up the space. And and when I'm looking at the, the curlers that I work with online, not every single curler even wants like curlers actually are they up until a few years ago, they didn't actually train specifically for curling. Kind of like golf, like yeah, when yeah. Tiger Woods started, like he started training. He started people thought that it. was ridiculous, right? Like curling up until like maybe 20 years ago, like they still had, they still had like cigarette ashtrays hanging from the ceiling and they still like i mean curlers still drink now too but like you were still allowed to smoke on the end (laughs) well i mean to be fair stephanie i sweep three times a day so i feel like i am pretty set up for this curling thing no i'm kidding i'm not kidding about sweeping three times a day though you got little kids yeah see that's when you said you don't have any kids this is the thing i don't understand curling you don't understand having crumbs in every crevice of your fucking (laughs) home no no no. we just we're one of the we're one of the couples that went and got a dog during all of this and like, 
oh my god his hair gets freaking oh everywhere. did you adopt a puppy yeah well, he's, not a puppy, he's a, a year dog. he's he's a year old we have had dogs before and we were planning on getting a dog so this is like we're not giving him back like we love the guy uh, but yeah we got it he's like a year old we adopted him he came from guide dogs so he's like super trained i take no credit oh nice <laughs> i've never really been a dog person but mostly because mark and i have always lived in condos and apartments that's just our style of living so mm-hmm, it wouldn't yeah. really be fair to have an animal so no we've never really been dog yeah. people but once we had kids there was a brief moment when we just had one that I had said to Mark, you know what? Now that I like work part time as a massage therapist, because I sort of scaled back my clients when I had my first kid, because I wanted to obviously I wanted to be home with her. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, now that I'm like part time at work, maybe we could think about getting a dog. And, you know, because I had this beautiful picture in my head of like walking a dog and having this like fun little creature around for my daughter to play with. And he was like, do you know how much extra work that's going to be? And I actually <laughs> sat down and thought about it. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm out. No, I can't. What was I thinking? <laughs> what kind of mad woman gets a dog after just having a baby? That's a crazy idea. Dogs <laughs> dogs are way too much work. I have friends that were planning on getting a dog in September. Like, I don't know how that works when they plan on it. So they've been planning this for like a year to get this dog in September. And now they are expecting a child end of August. So they're going to get a baby and then a dog in like a month. That's like having twins. I was like, dear God. Oh my God. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a lot. I I mean, again, to the people who have pets, all the power to you, but I think that my little animal children are enough for me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Leaving their drums everywhere. Where the fuck does it come from? Man. (laughs) Anyway, I'm with you that I, I don't think that it's going to hinder you with all these other people going online. But with everybody offering freebies and doing stuff, you know, to try to help everybody else out, um, have you been offering anything for free just aside from what you normally do online? Um, a little bit. Like I, I teach a type of yoga called yoga, and that is a conversation for another day. It's basically yoga designed for jocks. So they've taken the biomechanics of sport and exercise and the traditional practice of yoga and, and put it together. So I it's think like I a need little... to do that. I love yoga. I really do. But I'm, I'm, I'm not your typical yoga person because up mm-hmm. until I was, I don't know, early to mid twenties, I just lifted weights. I only lifted weights, and flexibility in my body was zero because I just You've lifted weights all day, every day. And 100%. so, yeah, I, I mean, I was really, really strong, but not flexible. And then somewhere in my early to mid twenties, I don't remember the exact year, I started taking some yoga classes just a couple times a week, just to see and. I realized how inflexible I was and how much of a problem it was. And now actually yoga has become one of my favorite things to do, but I feel like yoga would have been my jam back then had I known about it. It was designed specifically for the mind, body, and culture of sport. So the the lady that, the the lady. (laughs) That that lady. (laughs) The the beautiful woman that created yoga, her name's Jana Webb, and she she basically worked as a I want to I, uh, I want to say she's a yoga teacher, but I think she had like a kin degree or something, and she worked in a physio clinic. And she noticed that all the athletes that she was working with, they they needed yoga, but the language of yoga didn't speak to them, or they were guys and they had this or people anybody who had this preconceived notion that you already had to touch your toes to, in order to take a yoga class. So she actually kind of like created her own sequencing and and ways to cue and and teach a class and provide this service to athletes so that they could get the benefits of yoga with all without all the extra parts that like kind of turns a lot of people off. 
I love the hippy dippy side of yoga. I did yoga first, but the when we look at and and as RMTs, you know this. A lot of the time, tightness comes from uh, a lack of strength, yeah, right? So 100%. Any, so people, so people. I I work with a lot of people that have just in my regular practice, and I give them a yoga a yoga sequence because I'm like, you need the mobility, but you need it to come from a space of stability. And the way that we cue and the the way that we order the exercises makes sure that you're building that strength and that's giving you that 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 you're building the strength so that the tightness goes away and then you're also increasing the range of motion so you have more of a movement um, capacity so it's a really neat very sciencey based uh yoga practice um super plug they are doing an online certification so anybody listening they've they've shifted their certification online so that anybody listening who has a, a background in either yoga or any healthcare, like you have to have an understanding of anatomy and physiology, or the other end, the, the yoga side, you don't have to have both. Like when I took the course, uh, four years ago, there were people in there who were physios who'd never really done yoga. And there was yogis who had never really had like a, like a, um, a kin background, so to speak, aside from their basic understanding. It was game changer for me because I'm hypermobile and I love to be stretchy and flexible and all that kind of stuff. But then I also got frustrated when I kept injuring myself, my hamstrings, or if I had really tight calves, I couldn't figure out why. And it was because I lacked the strength. I love that you said injure your hamstrings. Yoga is the, as much as I love yoga, but yoga, not yoga, yoga is yeah. the key culprit for me continuously injuring my hamstrings. I feel like so oh, many, no. so many yoga classes focus so much on the posterior chain and lengthening it. Mm. And I'm like, they're already too long. We need it the other way. We need it the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know and what? I just as hurt soon myself. as I bought my yoga cert, I would I still had a couple of classes left at a moksha. And I actually took a couple of classes and would like pause halfway through and and she kept coming over thinking I was hurt. I was like, no, I'm just not gonna do that. Like that's not <laughs> I don't my body doesn't need that specific pose. So I'm just gonna do my own little thing. Like carry on lady. I got this. I, I'm here for the heat. <laughs> Although I love I love moksha not to not that but anyways where were we they're moto now well yoga. the reason you started talking about yoga oh, yeah. is because i asked you if you're offering anything for free yeah so i'm offering so basically i still like to do my own yoga class i do have a couple of virtual private classes that i was able to kind of get going which i which is a lot of fun because i have someone in in one call i have someone from switzerland and calgary and montreal and ottawa and peterborough and i'm in markham so all of these people are all in one call which i think is really cool but I'm offering twice a week. Now I'm air quoting twice a week because I actually forgot for two weeks because I got really busy. Um, 30 minute yoga classes. So I'm, I'm offering little sneak peeks on what yoga is. And one of them is more stability mobility. And the other one is the recovery and regen and, and stretching side. So today I just like hopped on and I was like, oh my God, I haven't done this in so long. What I did today on my IG live wasn't I even... Um, I don't even think it was yoga, to be honest, but I was like, I need to get this back. A, a lot of people I find, because a lot of my market is kids. So especially if they're not working or aren't planning on having a, a summer job right now because they can't because of COVID, they're like, I can't afford any of your services right now. Right. So I still want to help people. So I'm offering that out there. A, keeps me top of mind. B, lets people know that this is a service. C, lets them try it. Because especially if it's something new, a lot of people don't want to pay for something new. 
But that's the only thing I'm offering for free. I also had just like a, a list of like free at home workouts that I was sending around to people. So if someone was annoying enough to think that like I would just give them free info, like in, dro they drop in the DMs, hey, I'm sitting at home doing nothing. I'd love some free workouts. Do you mind writing me something up? And I'd be like, <laughs> no, like, like people pay for this service. What makes you so much better that you don't have to pay? But my big thing is I find that those who pay actually do the thing like when you put skin in the game you're more likely to actually do it and I hate I hate wasting my time so if someone's not willing to pay for the service I know that deep down they're not ready like obviously if they're like they, they can't because of financials that's one thing but if they're not willing if they're fully able to, to put the money down and they're not willing to do that for xyz reason like it's not really the money something else is holding them back well you answered right? my you answered like my next three questions which is awesome um, when i asked <laughs> you if you're offering anything for free i was going to i wanted to find out your your motives for offering things for free you know is it pressure because everyone else is doing it? is it because you're bored is it because but you answered that and it's just you know to let people know that you are still there and you know give them a sneak peek and I like that you're doing it as a sneak peek I'm not at the point and it sounds like you're not either and I don't think Mark is either um, not at the point yet where I'm willing to take my entire business and put it online I'm still I, I still wanna. think, no, I don't want to do it. I still think we're going to get back to a place where we can <laughs> see people again. And anything anything that we do online, we'll take our time and not rush it. Not, yeah, we'll not do it properly. Do it just to do it because everyone else is. I'm finding, I'm finding this time is very interesting. It, to, if you do a lot of reflection, like what things do you truly miss? Like there's things that I miss because I'm I, I'm not allowed to do them and I want to do them just because I can't. Do you know what I mean? Like there's like that side of it. Like what? Oh, like I just want to like go to a restaurant. Like I actually don't care about going to restaurants, but like I want to go because I'm not allowed to go. Gotcha, you know what I mean? Gotcha. As soon as you tell a little Rebel. kid they can't do something, they want to do it more. But like I'm noticing there's play, like I really miss my parents. Like I haven't seen my parents in a long time. So I know that when I come out of this, I'm going to make sure I really prioritize time to visit my parents. Yeah. Right. But I'm also noticing I, I've always enjoyed the online space, but I do miss that one on one in person work because I. I don't know how some coaches can be just online because you don't actually get to see the body in person. Like I'm I, seeing them on my little screen is not the same as seeing them in person and like watching the people move from multiple angles and getting to do different things in real time. Right. But but I know that I've always wanted to have that 50 50 split in person and online. And I was almost there when we when we when this whole thing started, when we were forced to be online. So right now I, I am pretty much full time. And I probably could maintain it throughout the, the whole season, the year. But I'm, first of all, I got registered as a kin so I could work with people in person and help them. That's kind of where my, my, my in-person business is. It's more kin based. I do have a couple of physios and RMTs and chiros that I co-manage clients with. Um, but then, and then my curling space is where I really focus on the athletes. Um, not to say that like in-person I don't work with athletes, so. It's funny that you said about the restaurants because I'm the same. We don't go out to restaurants very often. Again, I mentioned once or twice or seven billion times that we have little tiny children. So it's not mm. often that we go out to restaurants. But yeah, I was watching, uh, you know, that meme. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a meme online of a guy like just 
loving life and loving every bite of every piece yes. of food. He, you know what I'm talking yes. about, right? And he's yes, just yes, yes, loving yes, yes, the yes. food. And the meme is like, this is going to be me when uh, the lockdown is over, going out to eat at a he's restaurant. He's like taking his time yes. and like sipping from his drink over here and then picking up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looks good. so happy. And I watched that <laughs> meme and I'm like, I want to be you. And I felt that. I was like, I just want to go out and eat at a restaurant. I want to go sit at a bar and have a drink. I want to go walk through the Eaton Center where I never shop just oh, because I, I fucking people. can. Yeah, just because you can. Yeah, just just once and then I'll hate it again. Would it make you want to go south oh. of Steel's? <laughs> would it? Oh. I mean, you know, you know what? I would rather go there now when there's less people. <laughs> yeah, it's actually very, it's eerie. Like being from Toronto, which is like just a crazy, busy, enormous metropolitan city and driving like we drove from Scarborough to to the west end of Toronto. We were at like Keel and St. Clair or something. And uh, there was like almost no traffic going there, like no traffic coming back. And this was this would have been rush hour. Like we were driving back at like 4 p.m. on like a Friday afternoon. And we got back to Scarborough in no time. And I was like, this is eerie and creepy. And driving, we were driving along St. Clair for a period of time, which is normally very busy. And there's all these storefronts and every single door is closed. And I'm just seeing all the signs like due to COVID-19, due to COVID-19. I'm like, oh, Uh, this is so depressing. Heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of a few small businesses that are closing their doors permanently, which is super heartbreaking. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm hoping this isn't going to last too much longer, but uh, I, I really don't know. I feel like we get good news and then the next day bad news and then good news and then bad news. And I, I really don't know what to think anymore. So I actually stopped um, listening. <laughs> I just kind of like, just tell me when it's over. Yeah. Well, in our case, we've got, we've got people emailing us all the time because they want to know the status of, you know, when is my course going to run and whatever. So, you know, we're trying to keep mm. on top of it and we're watching the news, but it's really hard to watch. Yeah. I stopped, I stopped looking because they're either trying to scare us or telling us how they messed up or like trying to give us false hope and I'm like can you just tell me the last possible chance like is this a year do I have to mentally prepare myself for a year or am I like can we actually think three months or two months like I I don't want to get my hopes up for like two weeks from now and then they rip it out from underneath me like that would hurt (laughs) yeah like in the beginning where we all thought okay fine we'll have to close up our practices for two weeks and we can go back to work well this is what i asked the last recording i think i'm like would you rather have known right off the bat okay you're gonna be doing this for six months or would you rather get slapped in the face every two weeks Ah. well and like i said i changed my answer halfway through i think in the beginning doing it in two week increments was probably necessary because people were already mm-hmm. panicking. Imagine if it was, okay, you're going to be locked down for a year. Never mind toilet paper shortage. Like people would have went fucking crazy. So I yeah. think that had to be, but now- I would be at my cottage right now. I'd be like, screw this. Right. But now we're at the point <laughs> that I think everybody has kind of settled in a little bit and and recognize like this is the new normal for right now. And I mm-hmm. think everybody, or I mean, at least the people that I talk to in my circle is everybody's sort of prepared for however long this lasts. Like nobody yeah. is trying to, trying to come up with a date right now. Um, some people are starting to go a little bit, uh, 
off the deep end now, though, which is scaring me. The people who were initially trying to be very positive and, you know, okay, you know, this is what we got to do. Stop the spread, flatten the curve, blah, blah, blah. I'm seeing those same people now online. Like, I can't take this anymore. What's going on? I'm losing my mind. Like, actually, just like they're losing it now. Like, thought that this would be okay. But now with, you know, every day figuring out that this is going to go on longer and longer and longer, Mm -hmm. the super positive people, a lot of them have now turned to like, how much longer can we do this? And I've seen some people shift from, okay, let's all stay home and flatten the curve to now this is getting out of hand. Because again, when they're looking at the numbers on the CDC, and I'm I'm not going to get into this because I don't want to start a huge debate. But <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm slightly on the side of the people who are saying eh, the numbers aren't 100% supporting like the extreme measures that we're taking. So there's people now who have switched sides and are saying like, okay, can we can we start doing something? Can we start opening some things back up? Um, and then, yes, then there's the protesters who are like, they're just over it. Ridiculous. I remember hearing at the beginning, someone pointed out that they said, they basically were just like, so if we go into lockdown for a couple weeks, a couple months, and nothing happens, they're like, that's the point. So I think I'd rather be in this space where people are starting to doubt if we, you know, did we do too much? Because it means that we did the job. Right. Like we did what we were supposed to do, which was make nothing happen, which is such an ironic thing for most people to do. They expect to do something and get something out of it. And re- what they're getting is Nothing's not happening. massive. Yeah. yeah like that. So on, on one end, like I understand half of it's just like people need to be heard by the sounds of it. Right. Like that, whoever they are, just like they're word vomiting. Are you on Twitter? Like, I feel like Twitter is just I have a thought post. Yeah, I I took myself off of Twitter like seven years ago, probably for that reason, because it's exactly that I'm thinking something I'm going to write about it. I'm like, why? Why do I need to know these things that you're thinking? No, I'm done. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely weird. It's like we have a new normal and people are kind of like shifting into what their new normal is. My my thing is I'm trying not to think of it as like when we get back to normal. It's not going to be normal. It's going to be a new time. Like yeah. we're going to be different people. The economy is going to be different. I'm going to be able to afford a house now. <laughs> Silver linings. <laughs> it's a it's a weird 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 time. It's such a weird time. Such a weird time. That's and that's why I like don't mind. Like I I have some people who, I, I created that little document as I said that's like Here's some free workouts because I get some people and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, here you go. You ask nicely. You seem like you've been following me for a long time and you probably just can't afford it. So like, here you go. Go ahead. Run away with this free little program. It's fine. Like what it's my kind of like general rule is if it takes me longer than like two minutes to answer, I'm like, this could probably be done in like a 15 minute phone call, like a console call or something. So when quote normal returns what are your plans? Do you have plans? Or are you just going to wait and see what this all looks like? Or are you going to go back to a 50-50 online in person? Or are you going to really amp up the in person? Have you really thought about what normal is going to look like for you after this? I'm interested. I've always been very much of a go with the flow, which is probably why I'm doing air quote okay right now (laughs) at at the moment. Um, I've always just kind of been like, what kind of pops up? What opportunities pop up? What am I going to work on? I was actually scheduled to to work at a whole whack load of this sounds real nerdy curling camps across the the province and even to go to Germany, um, which would have been really sweet. But those obviously had to be all put on hold. So hopefully when things get back to normal, we'll be 
able to do some curling, able to do some of these high performance camps, able to run some more of my my um, in-person high performance coaching stuff that I do. But in terms of like my regular, you know, in Markham business, not too sure. I think I'm just going to kind of take it as it is and see what happens. I predict a lot of people coming out of this with injuries, health concerns, um, needing some guidance on how providing them with some, you know, um, guidance, guidance for some guidance, guidance for guidance. and <laughs> coaching for some guidance. Uh, I, I definitely, I never, I do not see myself ever giving up one-on-one in-person stuff. So I for sure, but I just started at a new gym up in Stovall called uh, functional strength and therapy right before this ended. So I, I'm kind of eager to get that place up and running again, just because we were just getting started and things were just starting to roll. Um, so I think that when things go back to air quote normal, it'll be shifting myself up there again, um, as well as doing the online stuff. I, I like the online because I can work with people in a different aspects. So I actually have some people that I work with online and more like a hybrid. So I create a program, I help them work through their lifestyle stuff, I help them work um, through the obstacles that are stopping them from getting them to where they want to be. But then I also see them in person. So it's an it's a more of an all encompassing, it's I call it my EP VIP. It's like more of my time, more of my helping you kind of like really break through and figure out what's going on. I have a question that's not related to what you were just talking about, actually. <laughs> I'd say about four times through this recording, you have referred to yourself as like nerdy or geeky or whatever. What kind of what kind of nerd are you? Like, I mean, if you've listened to our episodes, which I think you told me you've listened to um, some of our episodes. So, you know, like, for example, I always refer to Mark as a nerd because he's like super into like Star Wars and Star Trek and whatever. Uh, What kind of nerd are you? I want to know. Not that kind of nerd. No, (laughs) I, I, I support that. I just, I, I definitely have not watched enough Star Wars. I'm more of, (laughs) 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 there you go. Um, I, I support your decision. Um, Um, I'm more of like the book nerd. Like I love understanding why things are the way they are, why I should do things, why like learning about the human body, half of my, most of my books that I, if I'm going to read, it's going to have something like nerdy in terms of like anatomy, physiology, biomechanics. I love behavior change. I love like nervous system stuff like that kind of nerdy. This is a great time, Stephanie, for you to tell people who are listening, who are interested in either following you or maybe just want to pick your brain or maybe want to hire you. Maybe there's some curlers listening. I don't know. But can you give (laughs) us some contact info for you, um, some social media, whatever is the best way to reach out to you? Uh, I'm most active on Instagram. So that would be the, the, the easiest place to find me. So Empowered Performance. Um, so past tense empowered, like I'm empowering you and educating you, um, on Instagram. And then I do have a Facebook, but most of the time, like Facebook and Twitter, it's just Instagram reposting onto that. And I had someone set that up years ago, so I don't understand that. Um, but then they can also check out my website. So empoweredperformance.ca. And I don't know, I just guess I feel like my social media and my website, they're kind of just like the handshake and the whole thing. So if somebody wants to to like really get to know me and what I offer, I, I encourage like some sort of engagement. So like I 
always in my stories and I'm always asking questions in my, in my, um, Instagram feed, just trying to like get more people, like getting more conversations started, figuring out where people are struggling, what kind of problems we can solve, or even just like bond over nerdy stuff and curling stuff and fitness stuff. So yeah, that's where that, those are the only places you could really find me. If you want to get a hold of me, DM on Instagram or email, which is linked somewhere within all of those pieces. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mark, is there anything else you want to ask Stephanie? Did he fall asleep? No. <laughs> Did he okay. fall asleep? Here, I'm vaping the whole time. I can't, I can't vape and talk at the same time. This is what it sounds like when I do, see. Maybe you need to put your vape down, dude. I don't know. I don't know about that. Anyway, is there anything else you want to ask Stephanie before we let her go for the evening so we've monopolized a lot of her time? Oh, I think I'm good. This was fun. Yeah. It was, you know, it, yeah, this is really nice to talk about something that wasn't 100% COVID related. I'm glad that you already had an online business. So you're still employed during this time. Cause I think you're the only yep. person we've really spoken to that's still employed during this time. The rest of oh. us are sitting on our butts because we're RMTs. Yeah. The name of this yeah. episode is going to be the employed uh, curling queen. <laughs> 100% that's happening. The employed curling queen. <laughs> you want to know a really bad, um, embarrassing fact? Yes. My very first email was curlin underscore queen at simpatico.ca with K's. <laughs> K-W-E-E-N. Yeah, your, your image. <laughs> I'm, di- I'm so dying right now. That, because you have to put with a K. <laughs> I love hearing people's like first email addresses first because email, mine yep. was so ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, Stephanie, thank you so much for talking to us so late on a, what day are we today? We're no Wednesday. Idea. I don't know. Before we end, I would say fun <laughs> I have to fact, go to work tomorrow. Stephanie was scheduled to be with us last night, but my COVID brain put her in the calendar on the wrong date and didn't realize it until about, I don't know, when did I message you? An hour before we were supposed to record last night and said like, shit, oh, it's yeah. not going to happen. Like I yeah, fucked up. Worry. Oops. I don't do anything after like eight o'clock. Like, I don't know what this life is. I'm usually doing 900 million things. You can't nail me down for like a night at all. So even tonight when you were like, oh, like we might have to do it tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Got nothing else to do. <laughs> well, I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad Fantastic. my kids went to bed Yay. and uh, it was fun. Thank you so much for hanging out. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. I, it's nice to hear someone's voice other than the people that I live with, you know, <laughs> or the people that I train. I love the people that I train, but like, you know, just like new people. I love meeting new people. This is good. I know. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone. Peace.